0: Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. The Lunch and Learn community, Dr. Bayer here, your host bringing you episode 65 of the podcast and this week I am asking a question really to all of my practitioners and my physician listeners out there and healthcare providers. When was the first time you decided, you know what, I want to serve the community i want to serve my patient and i want to help heal the world right we all have these very lofty goals right of what we want to do when we become a physician and for a lot of us it may start very early it may start when we're in elementary school medical school it may start when we're in middle school it may start when we're pre-med like there's different ranges of when that you know that goal of wanting to serve someone starts right but it happens for everyone right now i'll be honest for a lot of people after you get to medical school and you become a physician that feeling may go away right but that's a whole different podcast discussion this week i'm just asking and i want to kind of give my story right on when i decided to say you know what i'm ready to serve my community and for a lot of people you may, you know especially if you uh, have been uh, keeping up with me you know i've wanted to be a physician all my life but it wasn't really until i got to medical school right that i said you know what this is it, right? Like, I cannot believe I get to do this for a living. I cannot believe people are going to pay me to do something that I would do day in, night out for free, right? So stay tuned for uh, another amazing episode where we go into a little bit of the backstory of Dr. Barry, where we learn where Dr. Barry uh, was when he decided he was ready to serve the whole world and how Barry, Dr. Barry was going to do that, right? And like always, if you want my show notes, head over to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP065 or LunchLearnPod.com and you'll get all of the episodes this week. All right, so every week I pose a question where I ask myself, you know, what am I gonna talk about this week, right? Like what am I gonna do to help and empower the lunch and learn community? Because I've been going back and forth to conferences, one spectrum, it's how to better myself, better brand myself, better help monetize myself. And then the other is how can you help the residents, right? Like what can you do to help make better residents? And better better physicians for the community and I'm almost I'm stuck like in this middle process right where I'm a teacher right I'm a teacher and my goal is to create and actually my job right is to make the best new crop of physicians out there and on the other side right like I am a physician who understands in this landscape and age if you don't do what you need to do to serve yourself right then there's no way you can serve your greater community so it kind of like brought me back and said you know what I'm, I'm serving kind of this population here I'm serving this population here but when did all of this serving start right and I've asked plenty of my colleagues and my friends uh in, in this industry you know when did you said you know what being a physician is what I want to do right for the rest of my life and you know despite what's been happening now with all of the bureaucracy and the political changes and everything that makes a physician's job extremely hard and extremely less pleasurable than it used to be, right? Like, what is it that still causes you to say, you know what? I got to get up out of bed, you know, obviously, besides, you know, Sally May and Navian. And for me, right, I think starting out, I think for me, when I said, you know what? I want to be a physician, right? It started very early. I was in elementary school, and the only real contact I had with a physician, right, was my pediatrician, right, which for a lot of us is usually our first contact, right, and there is a pediatrician in our community, Dr. Gaston, you know, Pierre Gaston, Gaston Pierre, one of those two. He was the community physician for all the Haitians in uh, South Florida, right, Lake Worth to be exact. For a lot of us, right? Like, everyone went to Dr. Gaston, right? Like, everyone knew if you had an appointment, you were going to see Dr. Gaston, right? Because he had built such a community and such a level of trust within the Haitian community growing up, right? Like, it it was almost weird if you stayed in Lake Worth and you didn't see Dr. Gaston. And I knew right then and there, like, that that's what I wanted to do, right? Like, I wanted to be Dr. Gaston. I wanted to be the community physician. I wanted to be the person that everyone came to see when they were growing up and they knew about and they talked about years on years down the line. Right. And that's what sparked the goal. Right. Like that's what turned it on to say, you know what? That's it. Right. Like I want to be like that guy right there before I knew it. Right. Like everyone was calling me Dr. Barry. Right. Everyone was calling me Dr. Pierre. In elementary school, medical in middle school, in high school, right, it was Dr. Pierre, Dr. Pierre, Dr. Pierre, right. So I really didn't know any other way, right. And I'm being honest, right. I didn't have I didn't have a plan B when it came to this career thing, right. Because like all I could see and think and dream about was becoming a physician one day, right. Didn't know what type, right. I'll be honest. When I grew up, I wanted to be like a pediatric surgeon. And don't don't ask me why, because honestly, to this day, I don't actually remember what spirited me to be a pediatric surgeon. But for some reason, I must have saw it on TV, and it sounded real cool. And I used to tell people, "I'm going to be a pediatric surgeon. I'm going to be the best pediatric surgeon uh, that I know, right?" And that was going to be my goal. Right? I was going to be a pediatric surgeon, and. You know, as I was moving along in middle school and moving along in high school, I was in the I was in the pre magnet program at that time, right? The medical magnet. Um, and it's funny, a side note, right? When I, I was in the medical magnet, I did a first responder. Uh, so I was a first responder, riding, uh, you know, in the back of the ambulances. for Those who don't know what a first responder is. Uh, very interesting very cool but i still knew i wanted to be a physician and i remember vividly right like and i think it's crazy how you the stuff you remember i remember vividly i was a either a junior or a senior in high school right and my advisor right at the time medical magnet advisor at the time said you know what i don't think being a physician uh is in your cards right and like i don't see you as a physician right and of course right as a high school kid you're kind of taken aback right because again this is a person who you know was supposed to be my career counselor to get me to uh, medical school right because again at the time I had no clue even how to get to medical school we're going to talk about that in a second but this person was telling me I wasn't even going to be a physician right and this was the first time I heard it right because again remember I tell you growing up everyone called me Dr. Pierre right so I just assumed right again I was naive I just assumed that it was going to happen and here goes a person who i just assume has to be the expert right because they are in the medical magnet they are in the uh, career counseling field right and this person telling me they don't see me being a physician and in, in, in my cards right and then i go to work right at the time i used to work at Publix, right and i remember uh, one of the managers at public saying yeah you know what i don't think he's going to be a doctor right? i know that's what he's going for but i don't think it's gonna happen for him right like again so it was and this happened in like a span of like two weeks so all of a sudden in a two-week span uh people were there to try to crush the dream right like the dream crushers uh were there right and for those who have embarked on this path of medicine or whatever field you've likely embarked on this path you've likely ran into a couple of dream crushers out there right so i ran into my dream crushers pretty early when I was in high school, right, but I didn't let that deter me, because I knew, uh, and I didn't know any better, right, because, you know, I was naive, I knew I was going to be a physician, right, I was going to be Dr. Gaston, right, I was going to be the pediatric surgeon, right, again, I don't know why a pediatric surgeon, like, I'm, even as I'm recording this, I'm trying to think, what was I thinking about being a pediatric surgeon, right, especially now in this age where I realize how much I hate surgery, and it's not the surgery aspect of it or the, the blood, the guts or anything. I just hate sitting in a room for a long period of time, right, doing surgery, right? Like, I, it's, it's just me. Right? I just knew when I was a medical student, surgery was not going to be uh, in my cards. But I was in high school again. Yeah, so I, I said, you know what? I'm not going to pay any money to my guidance counselor. I'm still going to apply to schools. And I ended up going to uh, the best school in the United States, Florida State University, I remember one day going into, I was in I was in the career counseling room. I remember one of the advisors saying, hey, um, are you interested in, you know, going to medical school? I'm like, oh, sure. Well, like, have you studied for the MCAT? Have you started looking at the medical schools to apply to? And I realized for the first time, right, again, I was an undergrad and I was going, I was a sophomore going to become a junior, right? I realized for the first time, I actually had no clue Like, how to get into medical school, right? Like, I just assumed that at the end of the tunnel, I'd get good grades, and then I would just pop up as somebody in medical school, right? It's right then and there that I got that harsh reality that I was gonna have to put some extra work in uh, to get the job done. When I started out at uh, Florida State, you know, I was with a huge class of people who wanted to be pre med. As I moved along uh, my, my time at Florida State, you know, all those people who wanted to be pre-med, you know, got picked off one way or the other, whether it was uh, due to anatomy physiology, or it was due to organic chemistry or Chem 2 or Biochem 1, like classes were just picking a lot of my friends off and, you know, causing them to deter in their their goal and their aspirations of wanting to become a physician. But fortunately for me, of course, as, as we stand here, right, as we stand listening to it, right, like I kept moving and I kept progressing, was right then and there I said you know what like I'm not gonna let anything stop me right to be like Dr. Gaston again remember he was that that light at the end of the toner right like again and for those who know I have not spoken to Dr. Gaston and I'm still in South Florida right and I've not spoken to uh this physician uh since I was uh, probably like 20 plus years now because again I was uh, Peter he was my pediatrician so I stopped seeing him when I was like 14 15 yeah it was about 20 years so but still like his legacy and uh the impact that he's had on me has been so great that I still remember him to this day. so that's that's why you know that's what I was, was shooting for right so nobody was gonna stop me from becoming and not the next dr Gaston, uh, because that's what I wanted and uh, I knew that feeling of Uh, being wanted right like i remember going into uh, his office and him giving a piece of candy and you know him uh being able to listen to a couple of my you know symptoms and complaints and tell me exactly what's wrong with me right i i thought it was magic i said oh my god this guy is a magician uh i told him i had this and that and he told me exactly what was wrong and he told me how to treat me right again just some one of these things that as an impressionable child uh, you, you can't take for granted. And clearly I, I have it right like he was that that peak He was that that guiding light that says, you know what? This is why I got to do what I have to do. So there I am. I'm in Undergrad right and I realized all of a sudden hey, you got to do some volunteer work You got to start doing some shadowing. You got to do a lot of these things that uh, You should have been doing but you been kind of uh, because you didn't know you didn't do it um, so I got on the ball. I was volunteering everywhere. I was shadowing everywhere. I was transporting. I was doing all of these things. And the more I did, right, where there was uh, volunteering at the health department, volunteering at uh, the, the weekend clinics, right, like just kind of being immersed in the system, the more I fell in love with uh, the act of becoming a physician, right, the act of uh, becoming the next Dr. Gaston, right. And it was an amazing journey for me, right. And again, I hadn't even got to medical school yet, right? Like, these were just things I was doing in preparation for, but I never saw it as a hill to climb, right? I saw, like, hey, if everyone who is a doctor now has had to go through uh, what I got to go through, like, I'm ready to do it, right? Like, give me all of the extra work. So, I was was fortunate, right? I was fortunate enough to get to uh, medical school, right? And even that story is pretty funny. Um... Because when I remember I was in, I'm in Tallahassee still, and I still have Florida State, still volunteering and, you know, studying for MCAT and doing what you're supposed to do. And I remember passing by the FOMO building, right? Florida Osteopathic Medical Association building. And at the time, right, I didn't know what that meant, right? I was like, what is that? Like, what? all I saw was the words medical association. And I figured, hey, you know what? I need to go in there and see uh, what it's looking like. So I go into this building, right? And I remember talking to the receptionist and asking, say, hey, you know, I just passed this building. I'm a pre-medical student, interested in going to medical school, right? Can you tell me about a FOMA, right? What is FOMA, right? What is osteopathic medicine, right? And just that enlightenment uh, that I was able to get from the receptionist, right? Again, I don't, remember, I don't remember her name. I wish I did. That enlightenment that I was able to get, right? Uh, really almost like turn that light on because they say hey you know what you want to be a physician but now that you're like listening to what an osteopathic physician is and the philosophy behind being an osteopathic physician right like this is it right like you want to help the people right you want to be that non-traditional person that says you know what I want to look at you in a holistic manner, and I don't want to look at you as just your disease, right? I want to look at you as a person who happens to be afflicted with your disease, right? And I like, and I still take this mantra today, right? Because again, I don't look at patients uh, like a patient with of diabetes, right? I look at like who's this patient here, right? Who is patient? A right and how is diabetes affecting them right and that's how I've always been able to kind of manage my patient interaction which is one of the reasons why my patient interaction is some of the best uh, of my colleagues right because like honestly and I hate to say this right like I actually care uh, about my patients right like I actually care about their well-being and you know I don't see this as a job right I've never seen it as a job even when I was studying late nights and you know, getting less sleep and missing birthdays, missing holidays, because I knew what the end goal was, like it never really bothered me to do so. So I was a junior, right? And, you know, I'm loving everything about medicine. I'm loving the volunteering, I'm loving the hard work. I'm loving the outlook of where I was going to be when it was all said and done. But I still had this, this goal of Getting into medical school, right? Like again, this was something that unfortunately was kind of new. Right, I didn't, I didn't realize all the stuff you had to do. Honestly, right, I didn't realize you had to study for uh, this test called the MCAT. Right, like I didn't realize that you know you actually had to apply to medical schools and you had to look to see what the prerequisites. Because I didn't know. Again, I was, I didn't have any mentors. I just knew I wanted to be in medical school, but fortunately, in uh, uh, my uh, my career mentor. Uh, Miss Anderson, right, she was right then and there, right, she was the advisor for MAPS, the Multicultural Association for Pre-Health Students which is a subsidiary of Student National Medical Association aka the best student organization ever like, and again, I wish I was like being hyperbolist, but I don't know of another student organization that works as hard as Student National Medical Association and, you know, I'll take that and argue with anyone about it, but besides the point Um, So getting with a lot of these like minded kids who also wanted to get to medical school, also wanted to do well in school, also wanted to volunteer was such an amazing thing for me that even when I had my my missteps right in my missteps, I'm talking about, oh, I forget what semester that was, but it was a semester when I had genetics and organic chemistry and biochem. And let me tell you, when I tell you I crashed and burned that semester, right? It was such a terrible semester. Uh, I, I usually, like, erase it from my memory, right? It was such a terrible semester and grades-wise and didn't do well. And I figured, you know what? This is it. This this is what they mean when they say uh, the weed-out courses, right? Like, all of a sudden, of a sudden I'm like, I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. But then I remembered what it was like when I was in high school and my career advisor told me she didn't see being a physician was in my cards. And then I remember uh, my manager at Publix telling me that she didn't see being a physician was in my cards. And I just used those two as motivation. I said, nope, I'm not going to let them be correct. Right. So I just picked up and uh, kept walking. Right. I said, you know, this is an obstacle. This is an obstacle that a lot of our physicians tend to face, right, even though we don't talk about it, but I'm going to make sure that I don't let this article, this uh, obstacle defeat me, and I didn't, right, Uh, so I got to medical school, and really, uh, I hate this, I want to say it was 100% by the marriage, but I don't know, right, because uh, when I talked earlier about, you know, getting in touch with FOMA, right, like, I met my advisor and uh, preceptor, right, Dr. Dacker, right, he was, at the time, I didn't know it, right? But he was an osteopathic physician in the area, and he was a part of the Florida Medical Florida Osteopathic Medical Association. And I remember him telling me, like, "Hey, have you applied to uh, Nova for uh, medical school?" Right? I said, "No, I didn't." So I, I applied to Nova. I didn't realize Nova was in South Florida. At that time, I realized very quickly being in Tallahassee that I did not like the weather in Tallahassee. I did not like being cold whatsoever. And I applied and like two weeks later I got an interview and like two weeks later I was in medical school, right? Like, whoa, like this is like this is happening, right? Like four more years and it's definitely gonna be Dr. Barry, right? Like I like the countdown was officially on when I was middle school it was like hey, you're gonna be Doctor Pierre, hey you're gonna be Doctor Pierre. When I was in high school you're gonna be Doctor Pierre. But now like I'm in medical school and it's yo really you're about to be Doctor Pierre, right? Like Craziness, right? But the the goal was always the same, right? Because again, I wanted to be Doctor Gaston, right? I wanted to help uh, my community out. I wanted to help my patients out. I wanted to be the one that pers- people came to uh, when they needed assistance, right? So I took that reins on, and I still continue doing exactly what I was doing in undergrad, right? I was volunteering. I was uh, being part of much more organizations. Again, a student national medical association being one of the primary ones. And we were just going in and putting in work. And I know we were putting in work because all of the other organizations, like, took heat, right? Like, they knew that if their event wasn't as good as our event, there was no point to do an event, right? Like, they knew if they weren't going to have the enthusiasm uh, to serve and help the community, there was no point to do it, right? Because SNMA, Student National Medical Association, was going to show them up every which way. So it was definitely such a, an enriching experience, right, because I knew even as I moved along and became a first-year and a second-year medical student, and a third-year, that the serving aspect of it was always the most important thing for me, right? Like, it actually, it actually unfortunately, kind of ruined me, right, for to do ER. And uh, for those who know, ER is more of a very fast-paced, get-in-get-out type of thing, but I was the worst one in ER, right? because I was always asked, well, hey, like, how's home? How?" Like, I always would want to know more about my patient. And just knowing the little itsy-bitsy facts, just to get them either inside uh, the hospital admitted or outside a hospital discharge wasn't enough for me. Right. So I knew right then and there, ER definitely wasn't going to be in, in my uh, cup of stees. But it, it's definitely been something right like this, this feeling of serving uh, the community, right? This feeling of serving the patient in front of you, right? This feeling of serving uh, my residents, right? It's definitely, and then honestly, at the end, this feeling of wanting to serve myself, right? It's always been a, a primary goal, right? It's always been a primary mission of mine to help facilitate and make it easier to make it possible, right? Uh, to again, quote, obviously empower yourself right for better health right like again that's not just you know a, a mantra right like i think that's a way of life right like again i i've always uh, worked to empower my community and get my community where they need to get to right and that's why you know with this lunch and learn community and a podcast and a blog and the live streams that's just always going to be my goal right again uh, i've had uh, colleagues ask me right like hey like how long do you plan on doing this the the answer is likely forever Right? Like I don't see a necessary reason to stop doing it. Right. Like it's one of the reasons that once I changed jobs, I still was doing exactly what I wanted to do and exactly how I was doing it. Right. Because I wasn't necessarily doing it because it benefited me on an outpatient basis, even though it definitely did. I was doing it because I genuinely love the fact that I was able to help someone that I may not be able to physically touch. Right. I may not be able to physically hold right i may not be able to physically see eye to eye right but if i just do if i turn on the phone camera right and go to live or if i record a podcast and i press submit and it sends out to everywhere it sends out i can like still help and reach out and say here this is what you need to get yourself back in order this is what you need uh, to help uh, you know Get you off yourself, off those medications. This is what you need, right, uh, to help make you uh, the healthier you. So that being said, I think I'm really going to be spending uh, some more time, especially with the lunch learn community, bringing you other professionals and asking the question: When did they decide that serving you guys, right, serving the community, right, serving their patients, serving themselves, uh, was the thing for them to do right because i can tell you in medicine it's one of the it's probably one of the most rewarding uh, aspects of it right like yes the that's the money's great i guess um you know minus your student loans right the uh, money's great the uh, prestige somewhat uh, is still good right it still holds a little weight right like it still holds some weight to be a physician right uh, but at the end of the day right it's the serving right like that gets everybody up out of bed at four in the morning to go see that patient or answer that phone call at two o'clock in the morning, right? It's because our drive to serve will always overpower everything else. Like always, I'm going to see you guys next week. Again, head over to drpierceblog.com for today's show notes. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to lunchlearnpod.com where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure. And like always, depending on where you're listening this to, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. And we are at all of your favorite podcasts listening stations including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health, and we'll see you next week.